The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, August 24th. You're listening to the podcast in audio form Tuesday, August 23rd. If you're watching us on YouTube, where we go live, streaming every day for the rest of time. Joining me to do to talk some home field advantage and his favorite future numbers. Uh, I don't even know what your title is now. Is it like senior director of fantasy and gambling? Man- managing editor of fantasy and, and betting for sports. Senior time. directing managing editor of fantasy and gambling. RJ White. Man who spends far more time on this podcast than he would probably like, and uh, <laughs> a great human being in general. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. It was good seeing you the other week, and and the uh, the rest of the guys. Um, you know, we don't haven't got to do that too much over the last few years for obvious reasons. So it's good to <laughs> yeah. reconnect with everyone. Yeah, the uh, the pandemic made it tough to to hang out with people. So it was good. To, it was good to uh, see you guys. See you in Nashville. Um, had a good uh, had a good crew there, and uh, Wilson got a tattoo. By the way, speaking of tattoos, we are still um, <laughs> Clarence in the in the comments notes. On time, Benson showing RJ some respect. Yes, that is true. Um, I tried to. We had Kenny Maine yesterday and RJ today, and so I was trying, like like effectively trying to show up on time and get this thing started out of respect for RJ's time. Kenny Maine showed up late with a float plane and a. In an iPhone, which is totally fine. It was a great conversation. Go check that out if you like rambling, incoherent uh, discussions of like 75 different things. Kenny Mayne and I had a good time. RJ and I will maybe be a little more tight. Anywho. Um, oh, yeah. Speak of tattoos. Probably not. Um, we are still up for the People's Choice Podcast Award. I think that we're in a dogfight as to whether or not we will win the award. But we are we are like in the top. Well, we're, we're, in, we're, in the, we're in the competition for the podium. So if you want me to get a tattoo, check your email, see if you've got a vote for the Pick Six or for the People's Source Podcast Awards. The way they do it is anyone who votes in the preliminary round uh, is eligible to be part of the 25% of uh, finalist voters. They'll send you an email. They'll let you know if you can vote for us. And if you can, go vote because then I'll have to get a tattoo, which I really don't want to do. My dad called me an idiot for making this bet last night when I saw it. Anyway. I don't think there's any other promo stuff I have to get down. Uh, we also have some eBay stuff that you can bid on again. So check that out on just search uh, fantasy football today, eBay, and you should be able to find that. So RJ, you have broken down home field advantage numbers. Um, how much has that all changed? Like, like where has, where is sort of the home field, um, home field advantage, like, like where do you where do you think this is sort of matriculated? I guess is the best way to put it because it used to be like you know we had three points of home field advantage, et cetera, et cetera, and like certain places had better home field advantage. Where where do you think this is from a general perspective sort of drifted? 
Yeah, for the longest time, people considered home field advantage to be worth three points. So if you had two teams that you would consider even, and if they were playing on a neutral field, you'd make them even, make it a pick'em game. Whichever one's playing at home, you make them a three-point favorite. Well, you know, modern modern football, the the improvements teams have made with their travel schedules and everything, that actually has started to come down to the point where when I'm doing home field advantage each year, I'm typically making the average team 2.3, 2.4 points. You know, it's, it's actually a little bit less than two and a half. And that was as of a few years ago. Um, I did made that same calculation going into 2019, like I always do. And then 2019 was the year of, uh, I don't know if you remember, the there is absolutely no more home field advantage anymore. Teams scored basically the same on the road as they did at home and completely wiped out home field advantage. So it took a little getting used to there. Um, so when when an outlier like that happens, you expect the next year it's going to bounce back. Well, the next year was 2020. So you can't really judge anything against the year that was 2020 with no fans in the stands and all the crazy COVID protocols teams had to deal with. So it was, and in that one, it actually, it was about the same home and away, um, but it was a little bit better than the year before. You know, I think 0.2 on average points better at home, um, but it's not something that you can replicate going forward. So I was really interested to see what would happen Last year, you know, kind of a relatively normal, you still had some COVID protocols in place, but you had fans in the stands, you had, you know, relatively normal travel circumstances and it bounced back some, it wasn't, it didn't go all the way back to 2018 levels. I believe it was in the average team had about 1.6, 1.7 points of home field advantage. So it still continued a downward trend. I think in 2017, my numbers were like 2.48, somewhere around two and a half down to 2.2. Then now if you skip those last two years and, and heading into 2021, now you're looking at 1.6. So it is kind of a downward trend. Um, so when I did my home field numbers this year, I put them in that same range of every team having on, on average 2.3, 2.4. And then you you change the teams based on how, how much better they are and worse. And then after seeing that, I kind of took a half point from every team, got it down to around the two-point range. Because now I feel like two points is about the, the normal home field advantage at this point based on what we've seen the last five years. Okay. And yeah, looking at it, it's interesting. Like, you know, sorry. So I'll... Um... Who is, I'll just ask it this way, and I think that'll get me to my next question that I was going to ask you based on your article. And you can read this at sportsline.com. Uh, if you aren't already subscribed to Sportsline, what are you thinking? It's like 10 bucks a month. It's dirt cheap. It's like cheaper than Netflix, and you get gambling picks from RJ throughout the entire NFL season. Um, who has the best home field advantage in the NFL for 2022? Yeah, so the, the best team in my numbers are the Packers. Um, the Packers are consistently much better at home. Um, if you just look at my raw numbers and and the way that I do the methodology for this formula. Also, by the way, feel free to mention your record over your last 68 picks up with the Packers. Yeah, I'll get to the, that record. So I mean, the way ridiculous. the the way that I the way that I do it is it's a weighted average. So it's it's I take 50% weight in, into last year, 25% weight into the previous year, and so on, and for the last five years. And the Packers are just consistently the offense is better at home. Um, you know what you expect you kind of expect Aaron Rodgers at home field advantage, but it's actually the defense that is way better at home. I believe it was like 10 points better at home uh, last year wow. than the year before. And that's kind of consistent. They're always like seven, eight points better. So that kind of gives me optimism that even if Rogers moves on, that defense is still going to play well at home and give them a home field advantage. Yeah. My record on the Packers, my, my ongoing streak at Sportsline, which if you're on Sportsline, you see me make a pick for a team and I have an active streak on that. It'll tell you how well, how, you know, well I performed with that team over the last X number of picks. My Packers record's ridiculous. It's 50, 17 and one over my last that 68. That is so stupid. Like that is crazy. I mean, is that, is that is that like sticky in terms of I mean it's your picks and you're I feel like you're objective enough to like John Breach loves he's like I pick, I'm a great picker of with like the Chiefs I'm hot with the Chiefs I'm like Breach you don't it's just coincidence like I don't think that's sticky but like do you think this is potentially related to home field advantage etc I think it is because if I'm giving the Packers a bigger home field advantage and other team other places are um, you know, I, I rate them better at home, but it's more like when they're on the road, people still expect them to be as good as they are. And um, I think because my home field advantage number for them is so strong, I'm a little bit more able to pick against them on the road. So I think it just kind of it's one of those things where maybe it's coincidence that they're the team with the strongest home field advantage, my numbers, and they're the team that I pick the best. But, you know, there's got to be probably some relation there. Um, yeah, the I mean, backers, I would so. think that, well, no, I mean, I would think that like it, especially like we were saying, like the home field has shifted so much over the last three to four years, at least with how we're recognizing it as it relates to the point spread, that if your, your home field advantage numbers are probably like, I mean, like if the, it, I mean, let's say Washington's getting, Washington is getting one point for home field advantage, right? They're one of the lower teams. Um, I think they're the lowest, right? There's only, a, there's like four or five teams that get one. Wait, the Saints get one point for home field. Yeah. The Saints, the Saints are weird. The Saints are actually, 
the raw numbers are they're by far the worst. They're worse than any team. Wow. They play much they play much better on the road. You look at last year, they averaged 23.8 points per game of offense on the road, only 18 at home. Some of that might be the quarterbacks that are starting. Some of that might be the opponents they're playing. But then in, in 2019, they also performed better on the road at home on offense. Um, defensively, they're, they're typically much better on the road, 16.6 points per game wow. last year, 24.1 points per game at home. And that has nothing to do with the quarterbacks they're playing on their side. So maybe that is um, the opponents. Like I said, you go back to 2019. I, I threw out tw- 2020 numbers from my data because of how weird the sure. circumstances were. And I just gave everybody kind of a normalized number there. But 2019, the Saints defense was better on the road. 2018, they were about six points better on the road. It's just year after year, they pre- seem to perform better on the road for whatever reason instead of at home. So um, I, I don't think that they they necessarily should be given a negative home field advantage. There obviously is some makes sense that you would prefer playing at home, but there's something in the data that they're consistently underperforming at home and overperforming on the road. So I wanted to capture that with these numbers. That's interesting too, because like, I mean, I think just generally speaking, if you asked and like nine out of 10 NFL average NFL, I mean, I think nine out of 10, but pretty strong NFL fans would guess that the Saints have a great home field advantage because just because like, you know, the, the way that the Superdome is perceived as, you know, and, and like the, you know, you you just see the crowd. Like you're always, you're always like you're always seeing the crowd. And maybe it's, but maybe that's more about um, primetime games. Like, is it? Can you? Is there? Like, do you? Fa- is is primetime a factor at all when you think about like how how to build this in or like, to adjust? No, I don't think it's primetime. I think a lot of what you're you're seeing of expectations is probably tuned into the fact they had a really good team for a long time because they had one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best coaches in the league. And Drew Brees, as great as he was, he, he is, you know, for his career, he wasn't as great toward the end. Um, and now they don't have Sean Payton. So I didn't, that's why I didn't want to just give them the benefit of the doubt. It's because now that they're playing different quarterback, now they have a new coach. I don't want to just say things are going to, going to go back to our expectations. So some of these teams, just because the raw numbers say that they are a certain amount negative or a certain amount positive, I don't just go by what the raw numbers say. I take some logic into account. I look at the trends for, for multi years and see that because my formula is weighted as giving too much kind of weight to, to a few games that happened last year um, and just kind of take what happened multi years in, into account. Um, and so like a team like Chicago, the raw numbers say that they're actually much better at home than on the road. Um, and that they should have a really high home field advantage, but I don't want to give them in the range of teams like the Packers and Dolphins because they might not be very good. So I didn't want to just overstate that. Uh, the Raiders are kind of interesting too. You give them one and a half and you made a note of that in your article, but, um, like, is, is it hard to cap? Like, you know, with, again, with the data, it's, it's tough to, you know, they, they moved to Las Vegas, they got a new stadium. Like, how do you, you know, how do you adjust? You know, what I'm saying like, how, what what is that? What does that adjustment look like? And is it sort of a kind of a wait and see proposition for them? Yeah, it's tough with them because my, you know the data goes back five years that I, with this weighted formula, so it's capturing a lot of what happened with the Raiders before they were in Vegas, and then you know, um, 2020 is obviously a weird year. 2021 is finally the first year of data, so you don't want to put too much emphasis into what happened um, in 2021 because it's only you know eight games at home, nine games at home, whatever it is. Um, and uh, they did slightly better at home. The defense was basically the same either way. The offense is slightly better at home. So um, it's one of those teams that it was kind of a coin flip, whether, whether they're playing on the home or on the road. Again, you know, still still a long way to go with them. I didn't want to put them in the one-point range because of that, but a little bit less than than the the two-point average and um, kind of wait and see with them. Yeah. Um, also getting three points, the Cowboys and the Dolphins and the Steelers and the Buccaneers. Interesting. The, um, I guess Pittsburgh, is it that surprising? Because you think of, you know, the, the, what was the new name? I was like going to make a joke about like the, the history that unfolds in Acre, Acremon field or whatever, whatever the, the field is called. Um, Tampa Bay. I mean, how much of that is, how much of that is related to, uh, Tom Brady versus, you know what I mean? Like, like same thing with the Raiders, I guess. Like, did you, did you notice any difference with, Tampa Bay being um, like substantially better at home when Brady once Brady arrived versus like before like you know and like was it was there, did that factor in at all I guess is my question. Yeah, their 2020 numbers at home were good, but again, I just zeroed out everybody for 2020 because of the weird home field. But um, offense much better at home, you know, about I think 5.2 points better at home in 2021, and so I think it does play a, a big part into that. The defense also played better at home. 
Um, you know, maybe you can credit him with some of that. They're playing harder. They think that they're going to win. Um, but he's, he's still there, you know, <laughs> unless, unless his uh, personal matter, you know, evolves into something else. I know he's back now. Um, but, you know, if he's still playing, you got to kind of take into account what happened in 2021. And to some extent, 2020 is applicable for this year. So um, it probably does take into account that. And um, that's why they had one of the better raw numbers. And I put him at three, one of the few teams at three with teams like Miami. Like you said, Miami, I don't know if you remember Miami, a few years Miami's back. We, sneaky, man. Yeah, we used to talk. Yeah, we've had this conversation a few years, you know, at this point. And Miami was one of the best teams you know, a few years ago, you know. And I was like, that's a sneaky home field advantage. For whatever reason, teams come into Miami, maybe they go out partying the night before. And maybe it's just that Miami nightlife. It just takes, or the weather, you know, just being so humid there takes teams off guard. And Miami seems to have a really good home field advantage that kind of goes underrepresented. So they're one of the sneaky teams that I, you know, would always play on at home a lot more than other people would. And um, that went away for a year. Um, and, um, it looks like it's back, you know, as of 2021, you know, 2019, it went away for them, but it went away for everyone. Like we said, the home home and away splits were pretty much gone on average that year. Um, but last year, Dolphins were 4.8 points per game better at home and 4.6 points per game better on the uh, at home on defense on the other side of the ball. So that's what puts them only in the raw numbers behind the Packers and Steelers. So I wanted to give them three and a half, but the Packers are just on another level and I didn't want to go too high with the Packers, make them four. I think the Packers, once you get later in the season, you could probably call them a four point home team. Um, and the dolphins are on that edge of three, three and a half right now. Interesting. Yeah. I guess the Packers do with the weather, like, I mean, later in the season, but you would think it becomes more of an advantage when it gets much colder in, in green Bay in, in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, J- uh, is it Jeagles or Jay Eagles? I'm not entirely sure, but either way, he points out in the chat. Don't forget to like the video. RJ always brings the heat every season. Woo! RJ brings the heat. White, the white heat. White hot. Yeah, Even, I'm in uh, Florida. I'm, I'm in Florida in August, so I know all about heat. Yeah, that's yeah, God, my um Jay Eagles, excuse me. Thank you. Um all right, let's. Uh, any any other thoughts from the home field advantage rankings? Like any other, just sort of t- when you're looking at 2022 and how to sort of plan for it. Because because look, like, this is this is the stuff too. I think that and this is why you should sub to Sportsline and read RJ's stuff. Like this, this potentially gives you an advantage co- going into week one when you're making your picks. Maybe you're in a, a CBS Sports uh, pool. Maybe you're just betting. Whatever you're doing, it, it you'll have by knowing these numbers, you can see where there might be some advantage plays in week one, right? Right. And, and to take one example, Buccaneers at Cowboys in one of the big market games of week one. Cowboys offense at home is incredible. There, They were about, um, it looks like seven and a half points better at home uh, per game last year on offense. 10 points per game in 2019 and then like another seven in 2018. It's very consistent. It's, it's uh, And it's something that you have to figure is a trend at this point. So. They were much better at home. The defense can, it, you know, has been a little bit more less consistent. Um, you know, they weren't as good at home as they were on the road last year, for example. Um, but that offense kind of carries them. So uh, I, that plays into the teams that they're playing. Maybe make them a little bit more, you know, of a home field advantage at home. It also plays into the totals. If you're going to play a Cowboys total, much better to play it at home uh, when you go the over. Much better to play it under, you know, on the road and just in general, it, with all else being equal. And um, I don't think the markets are going to reflect that too much. You're going to see the team strengths and put it, you know, if this Tampa Bay and Dallas game was in Tampa Bay instead of Dallas, it'd probably be the same total. But the data suggests that the offense performs much better at home and it probably needs to be a few points higher at, at home when you're playing in Dallas for the Cowboys. Yep. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some futures that you have made for the 2022 NFL season coming up next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. So John Breach was telling us in Nashville, he's like, I talked to RJ and I got all 32 of his NFL futures and I know him and you don't. I was like, well, you know, Breach, I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, Sportsline.com offers a list of RJ's futures and you can just read them. Uh, but sure, go ahead and brag about whatever you want to brag about, Breach. Uh, was it this 32 the number? 32? No, I have um, 23. What I mean, 23. Sorry, I got that fixed. But 23 is still not not a short number. No, it's it's more than I typically do. Um, but you know, I kind of spread it out more, put a little bit more down than I usually do. Um, 25 units in, in total for those 23 bets, you know, some two units, some half a unit, some quarter unit, because you're going with some long shot, you know, awards plays. So um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty decent amount this year. Okay. Um first up, I'm sort of looking at the article and, and trying to sort of pick off the ones that you have more units on. Did you put anything? Is there do you have any with more than two units that I'm I'm not I'm missing? I don't think oh three units. Yeah. Oh wow. Tennessee yeah, Titans. My, my highest play is the Titans to miss the playoffs. Not that I'm super down on Tennessee, you know, good coach. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure out something on offense. Derrick Henry's obviously going to need to stay healthy. They had a lot of things go right for them last year. Um, you know, injuries to other teams went right for them too. Baltimore's looking like a number one seed and then injuries befell them. Um, so I don't know if it's repeatable, but the, the reason I did this is because the win total market clearly thought that Tennessee was not a good team. They're not, their win total was nine and a half kept getting bet down. Um, by the time I put this, uh, this, um, miss playoffs bet in nine and a half was minus minus one fifty to the under. And um, if you win nine games in the AFC, I don't think you're making the playoffs. It's a very tough conference. A lot of teams got better, especially in the AFC West. I think you need to win 10 games to make the playoffs. So the market's telling you Tennessee was not going to win. 10 games because everybody liked the under on nine and a half. I think in some spots it might even be eight and a half right now is the line. Um, and the miss, the miss playoffs bet was only plus 100. So even odds. So I'm getting 50 cents of value off that minus 150 in a situation where I didn't think that, that, uh, that nine wins was going to make the playoffs. I had a very small chance of that happening. So that's kind of why I blasted as my biggest bet. Um, not, not necessarily because the Titans are going to be bad in my mind. Um, I think they probably are. I would lean to that. Um, but it's not my strongest opinion. Um, uh, but the market was saying, you know, this is, this is what this reality is. And there's a much more efficient number to take advantage of over on this side. Yeah, I mean, it. Um, I think the biggest thing is the depth, like the depth of the AFC. I mean, it's just, you know, even if the AFC West beats up on each other, you still have to deal with the fact that, you know, you, you have at least, you know, two teams coming out of that division that, that you know, that make it the playoffs. You got the Bills and then like maybe, I mean, the Jets seem like a long shot to be frisky or like to be a playoff team, but like the Dolphins, by the way, by, oh, by the way, I, I said I did an HQ hit last week and said that the Patriots could upset the Dolphins in week one. Like they told me to pick five upsets. Like, I mean, I, I, is that an outrageous suggestion that the Patriots could beat the Dolphins? It's one of the smaller spreads. They could. I don't think it's going to happen, but I mean, okay. anyway, well, I, mean I got absolutely blasted for three straight days by Dolphins fans. Like nonstop. My Twitter, I couldn't read my mentions. It was nonstop Dolphins fans. They call it like, I don't know if Tunan got on me, but like those, these Dolphin fans are out of control. Well, do- Dolphins minus two and a half is one of my better plays for week one. But if Dolphins fans are going to be that overconfident, maybe I have to rethink that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, like the Dolphins could be a playoff team. The Patriots could be a playoff team just because of like, you know, where, I mean, like if you, if you want to count out Belichick by all means, um, they're I mean, also putting, he's counting himself out. You see what he's doing on the offense with those coaching staff. I mean, it's it's he's like the legitimately like retirement was three years ago, and he's just checking out. <laughs> but I mean, like he can't tank. He already drafted a rookie, a rookie, a quarterback in the first round, like in the last two years. You got to like, I don't know, man. The Jared Mappinger thing is crazy. Um, yeah, the Dolphins like, you know, have them to make the playoffs at plus one sixty five. Yeah, upgraded coach, I think. Um, you know, Brian Flores has done wonders with that team over the last few years, but Mike McDaniel, one of the better offensive minds, you know, to um, you know, tutoring, tutel- has tutelage under Kyle Shanahan. One, we know one of the best offensive minds in the game, and he had a lot to do with the offensive success of San Francisco, his creativity with that offense. Then you bring him to, to Miami in an offense that couldn't do anything in terms of getting guys 
open in space, really put a lot onto it, have to do on his own um, to it with injuries the first couple of years. And um, the offensive line wasn't good. It was really a disaster scenario. Well, they upgrade our receiver with Tyreek Hill, obviously. They bring in a guy that knows how to get guys open and, and get ball in space to guys that, that can deliver, you know, after the catch like Tyreek Hill. You get offensive line improvements with Toronto Armstead in particular, Connor Williams also a guard. And then uh, it just seems like everything's put in place for Tua to succeed now and and be able to take off because he has a really good support system around him. So I think they'll be good. The defense is always you know really good. Um, it's very consistent. I don't think they added any new starters. I know Ingram was like their big guy in, but I think he's going to be a sub package rusher. Um, and everybody else has played together. Um, should be very comfortable playing together. So it just seems like a, a situation where they could be better than a lot of people think. I think it's a ten win team at least. I don't. I don't think that's crazy. Um, you mentioned the forty. Do we? Uh, yeah, the forty niners. Um, oh no, we didn't. We, we didn't. We skipped the forty niners. Sorry. I was. Um, I saw two forty niners futures. You have a half unit on the forty niners to win the Super Bowl at twenty to one. You also have. Oh man, you. I, I see. I feel good about this. So my. I was thinking this morning, and this is before I like really dove into this article. My my, the Super Bowl matchup. I was maybe I was thinking it yesterday, but the Super Bowl matchup, I was eyeing. Like for for what I have to provide to CBS, like for our picks for the season, was 49ers Ravens. And you seem and to those are the yep, those are the two teams I bet on. Ravens just decimated by injuries last year, still yep. perform well. Eight win team, even with all the injuries, a lot of them preseason and then it carried on into the season. Um, even losing their quarterback for several games, which a lot of teams, you know, just go into the tank when they lose their quarterback. So it was a really well-coached team all around, which we know from with Harbaugh. That's what you're always going to get. He's going to maximize his guys' chances to improve. They got a lot deeper on the defensive side of the ball in the draft. Um, the offense, you know, you, you think that they're going to be held back by their pass catchers, right? It's They lost Marquise Brown. Rashad Bateman's the number one receiver. They don't have anything behind him. What are they going to do? Well, they went 14-2, and two, that, that huge Lamar year, um, and they were number one seed and Harbaugh's coach of the year their number one receiver was like marquise brown as a rookie with like 580 receiving yards at the receiver position i think andrews was the actual number one receiver but they've done it before you know with with guys like willie sneed and and those type of guys that aren't aren't you know huge receivers um and they get it done so that's the least of my worries with harbaugh is the receiver talent he'll make it work as long as they stay yeah. healthy very good chance for them to, to step up they're one of my favorite teams to play on it took them to win the division at plus 155 really like that bet um, I think they're going to go over nine and a half wins, but I couldn't get that in. Um, it was 10 everywhere. And I figured just play the division, but at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been saying for like weeks, I mean, really months that the Ravens, I mean, I said, but I mean, you know, I, I, hope, I hope people listened and took it earlier because they were two to one to win the division, you know, uh, months ago when, 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 you know, Cleveland trades for Deshaun and it looks like, you know, nobody knows what it, you know, even with the suspension looming um, or, you know, possible discipline looming, it, it, the Ravens just weren't, getting enough respect in that division. I mean, this is a really good team. The receiver thing is so overrated. And people are like, I think people are lumping in Rashad Bateman with Hollywood Brown as if like Hollywood Brown has played several years and just, you know, didn't, it didn't pan out perfectly. He had some spike games, but that's kind of who he was. And then they traded him. Rashad Bateman played one year. Like he had a rookie season and he lost his quarterback for much of it. And they also have, they're a run heavy team with a Mark Andrews on the roster. Like it's, it, it, I think there's an argument they have the second best, well, maybe third best receivers in the in the. I mean, like I would I would I would much prefer the pass catchers on the Ravens to the pass catchers on the Browns. Yeah, um, and it just kind of depends on what the Browns can find. It's going to be hard to judge that this year because catching pass from Jacoby Brissett isn't going to be, you know, sure. attuned to to having good performances for the Browns. But you know, we don't know what we're going to get with Amari Cooper, and then there's a lot of question marks behind them also. Um, so yeah, and then I'd rather have Mark Andrews at tight end than anything the Browns have. So it is possible. I think the Browns people can consider the Browns run game a lot better because their offensive line and the, their their backs. But um, you know, pa- passing wise, Lamar Jackson will cover a lot of those woes too. Um, you know, we we can cons- people consider him a lot of runner, not a passer at quarterback position. But when the game's on the line, like he's had some really good performances in the fourth quarters of games too. Um, even if he hasn't got it done in the playoffs yet, so I. I all the confidence in the world, they'll figure it out. They have, you know, like I said, one of the best coaches in the league, and you just have to trust that those guys will get it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about them all. You've got the uh, a correlated uh, play with the Titans uh, missing the playoffs. The Colts winning the AFC South at minus one fifteen. The two unit play. I mean, you won't, you won't hear me arguing it. I like that when they, it's, when the Colts, it's the second the Colts traded for Matt Ryan, to me, it looked like a no brainer to jump on them to win the division when they're basically even money with Tennessee. 
or they were plus money. Like both teams were like plus one. Now they're minus one fifteen. Obviously, like I think as we get closer to the season, people really start you know analyzing what Tennessee's got, and they're going to start like this could drift maybe a little closer to one thirty. Yeah, I think there's value there with taking India. I didn't want to take their over under because um, who knows with with the rest of the, the conference and their their schedule. But they should have some easy divisional matchups, and I think they win the division pretty easily. Um, so minus one fifteen was a good value there. What's funny is the team that I would be um, you know more apprehensive about than Tennessee is Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville improved their coach of a ton mm-hmm. of talent. They have you, one, you know one, one of their the- coach. You think, you think? I mean, like th- it might be the single biggest coaching improvement. In the history of professional football. Right. And I don't want to treat Doug Peterson like he's Andy Reid and done it for years and years and years, but he has a Super Bowl on his resume. You know, he's, yeah, Nick he's Foles. He, beat, he beat Brady and Belichick with Nick Foles. Like he like and Urban Meyer couldn't even Urban Meyer couldn't even last a season, it was basically handed the keys to do whatever he wanted in Jacksonville. And he got an MVP level season out of out of Carson Wentz, which nobody has done since. And so you think, what's he gonna do with a guy that was you know, the the god to football coming out as a freshman? You know, and feel free to leave in your your MVP future on this as well, obviously. Yeah, and everybody knew that that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one pick for years. You know, whenever he he declared, and and he was, and it was a draft where five quarterbacks were taken in the top fifteen, and there was still not a question that it was Trevor Lawrence number one, and and nobody had it differently. Um, and you look at what he did last year. You know, the results weren't great, but he didn't have a coach last year. He's kind of doing it all all on his own. He didn't didn't, didn't get to work in the offense. I think in the in the before the season as as well as he could have. In an offense run by Doug Peterson, who knows what he's doing. Um, that's not going to be the case anymore, obviously. Um, the talent might not be there catch, catching the ball-wise. They spent a lot of money. They they brought in – now Zay Jones looks like that might be their best receiver if you read what's coming out of camp, which isn't great, but that guy has all the talent in the world. So I was able to find him plus 125-1 to one to win the MVP, and I just love that combination of Doug Peterson as his coach and knowing the talent that, that Lawrence has. Um, and you saw at the end of the year last year after Meyer was gone, he had some pretty good performances at the end of the year too. So um, I think he could take a big step forward. And Jacksonville is one of those teams that if they are you know, charging for the playoffs, win the division as an upset, there's going to be a lot of talk of getting either Jug Peterson coach of the year or Trevor yes. Lawrence MVP because it came completely out of nowhere. And then look at the the, the magical season they've had. Um, so I thought 125 to 1. I was I'm prepared to take it 80 to 1, but I was able to find a 125 to wow. 1. And, and I like that as a, as a lottery ticket. Yeah, I, I think it's a great bet. And I mean, I, the 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 way that tr- the market and sort of the general public are reacting to Trevor Lawrence after that one season is so bizarre to me because it's like, yeah, I mean, I understand that he's you know had a terrible season, but like Urban Meyer ran that thing into the ground in Jacksonville. Like this is still a very good, very good prospect who had some good moments over the course of the season, this disastrous season where you could see it's like clearly the arm talent's there, the, the, the intellectual approach is there. And Doug Peterson is a quarterback guru and he is, you know, just, even if he's just a, like a couple not even if he's like just a top, I don't know, 10 coach, top 15 coach, it will improve Trevor Lawrence dramatically. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you also had Trey Lance um, for most, valuable player at 60 to one. That's a great number. I think it's like 35 to one in some spots. And I, I, I have also taken that, um, your second year, second year, you know, second year player was, yeah. Right. Yeah. Second year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So we were, what was it? 2018. I think we were on this podcast and we were going through these and we put together a thousand dollar budget. You could spend on futures bets. And my, my MVP at 55 to one was Patrick Mahomes because he was in a situation. So he was in a situation. Yeah. Lamar won in 2019. Sorry. So he was in a situation where he was joining one of the best offensive minds in the league, established, um, you know, with the, with a great, with a great, a uh, great situation around him, good talent around him. Um, he wasn't a good prospect, and he wasn't like a top can level we, prospect we, coming can up. Can we get Ryan Wilson on here? You know, I made this exact point on our live podcast in Nashville, and I said my bold <laughs> prediction was Trey Lance wins MVP, and Wilson started ripping me, and I was like, look, the point of the point here is that it's like almost it's a very similar situation to Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? Right. And we don't know. Obviously, the talent's got to be there. We, the, the, I'm not going to dog Mahomes too much as a prospect. The talent un, ended up being there. But he had the perfect coach and the perfect system in place to maximize that talent. Um, and so if he guns up on the Giants and Dave Gettleman drafts him, whatever, and, and Joe Judge is running him, is he as good a quarterback? Oh. I don't know. You know, it's just probably not. And um, it's, maybe the talent wins out eventually. But he, he's not going to be Josh Rosen by any means. But maybe he's just a good quarterback instead of an MVP level quarterback. That could be the case with Trey Lance. Put him in anybody else's hands. 
wouldn't trust him as much, put him with Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, they had a, a direction they wanted to take with that offense, and they thought he was the guy. They traded three first-round picks to go up and be in position to take him. And so when you make that level of investment in a quarterback, um, and you have a guy that's proven already in place in Garoppolo, but you want to go on and move on with this guy, you have something in mind, what you're going to do with that offense. And so I think they're going to maximize his talent, put him in the situation they needed to succeed. I think San Francisco has a really good chance to take the number one seed, beat out the Rams in the NFC. So I have them at plus two, uh, two to one to win the division. I like that bet too, but I'm all in on San Francisco this year, just figuring that I want to get a guy that's a raw, talented prospect at quarterback in with Kyle Shanahan because his upside is tremendous. Well, and then Wilson's point too, is he's like, Mahomes and Trey Lance aren't the same. Like he runs a lot more. I was like, well, then look at 2019, dude. And there, it was like second year guy who runs too much. I was like, oh, you mean like Lamar Jackson where they're building this offense around him? Like this is, it is exactly like, I wouldn't take it. I mean, I wouldn't take it at like 20 to one him to win MVP. And I don't know how low it's going to get before the start of the season. Like some of these, some of these futures markets are getting just absolutely. Yeah, like the offensive rookie of the year is like the craziest market you'll ever see. You know, it was like, all of a sudden, we've got um, you know, George Pickens is like seven to one now. He's like ninety to one. You know, two weeks ago, it's just it's moving all over the place because there's no quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, like Trey Lance is the prototypical type of MVP winner based on what we saw from Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. It's it's it, you have to think about what goes into the mindset of voters. When they, when they do this MVP voting. And if Trey Lance comes in and is explosive on the ground, creates, creates a more vertical um, element to the, to the 49ers passing game, the Niners win the division and go like, you know, 14 and three, he is going to be in the mix for MVP. And, and the, the idea that he just can't win the award is to me is just crazy. So that's why. So I, I I'm with you completely on that. Um, oh, you have the, uh, ooh, the lions to make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, I wanted a positive bet on the Lions, but they're over under got a lot of people I think are positive on them. So the, the juice on the over got a little too high for me. So I figured, you know, take take a little while, you know, put a half unit on something a little more crazy. I think the NFC is a little more wide open than, than yeah. people expect. Um, we think that the Vikings are pretty solid. We think the Eagles are pretty solid. We think the Cardinals are pretty solid. We think the Saints are pretty solid. But so a couple of those teams aren't as good as people think. You know, the Saints might finish seven, seven and ten, six and eleven wouldn't surprise me. I mean, all those teams I, I named, there are reasons to be optimistic about them, but not all of them are going to reach their ceiling. I think there's going to be space for a surprise team to come in and and be a playoff team in the NFC. It could be you know a team like the Giants or the Panthers if you believe in in, in Baker Mayfield. Um, but my the one I'm rolling with is Detroit. Um, you could tell players love playing for Dan Campbell. He's a big old meathead that everybody loves, and he's going to get the most out of his players on game day. And they overperformed. You know they weren't winning games. They went started what 0 and 11 I believe or 0 11 and one. Um, but they were covering spreads. They were they were getting themselves in position to win. And then losing because of like the best field goal in history and and random things like that. They're the, um, they're the first so, team in NFL history to lose um back to back games on fifty five. I think it's fifty five. Walk off or maybe it's fifty. Walk off fifty five yard field goals in back to back weeks. Like that's I mean, that, and one of them was that sixty five yarder from Justin Tucker, which is ridiculous. Right. And so you look at the win-loss record, and, and it's like that's all that matters is wins and losses. But this was a better team than than their win-loss record last year. We saw it a little bit toward later in the year. You know, they came on a little bit. Um, they're talented on the defensive side of the ball. Hutchinson was a big pickup. Love their, what they have in the defensive line. Love what they have on the offensive line. So we've seen a team like in the past, like the Eagles, might not look as strong at the skill positions, might not look as strong in the secondary at linebacker, really strong in the trenches. And that seems to be the team that the Lions are putting together. So I could see them, you know, beating up a few teams in the trenches. I could see Jared Goff having a few games here and there. We dog on Jared Goff too, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, I think everybody thinks. Dude went to a Super Bowl. He yep. did it with the offensive mastermind, but he had a really good season, you know, at that, at that point. He does have some upside. It's, he's not going to ever be that quarterback again that he wasn't Sean McVay's offense, but I don't think he's going to run around and just be like Taylor Heineke or anything. You know, no. it's, it's he's, he's a solid, overall pick. solid quarterback, talented quarterback, a lot of experience in this league, playing in an offense that is going to be better when Jameson Williams is ready to come back. But some interesting pieces on the offensive side of the skill positions love what they're doing in the trenches and think they're really strong defensively and they have a solid coaching staff in place. So that speaks to me to be a team that could win nine games, maybe even 10 games and be an upset team that gets to the playoffs. Uh, two unders that I love from the NFC 
you have on here. I mean, it's uh, to me, it's been obvious for a while. Like, I think they have the two worst rosters in football, both the Bears uh, under six and a half. I mean, like, that's that should be five and a half. I know they have an easy schedule. That's the only reason it's six and a half. This team is not, it ain't it. Like, if, unless, just, unless we're sleeping on Justin Fields just having some kind of magical second year breakout with a, a very, very, very questionable receiving core, then it's just hard to, it's hard to imagine this team. Uh, winning seven games and then the Falcons under five wins. That's certainly that's drifted down recently. It was six and a half. Uh, I think actually the they posted win totals right after the Matt Ryan trade. So, you know, unfortunately the Falcons opened at like five and a half, but that's it's drifted down. It's even juiced up to uh, to the under for good reason. That roster is no bueno. Yeah, on the Bears side, um, six and a half is a very high number for them. I really like Fields' talent. I was really, you know, optimistic on him coming out of college. He is in a terrible situation. They're change, changing the offense again. He has to learn a new offensive system. He's got to do it when he doesn't have talent to, to throw to offensively. Darnell Mooney is more of a wide receiver, too. Now he has to be like one of the better receivers in the league to kind of carry that passing game. I don't think that's going to happen. Fields can only do so much behind that offensive line. I believe they're going to start a fifth-round rookie at left tackle, it looks like. They're going to start at right guard and right tackle, two guys they scoop off the free agency in late July, which is never what you want to see from your, your starters, you know, guys that are nobody wants in the league until until the summer. Um, so it just seems like a mess on the offensive line. Seems like a mess at receiver. Um, I don't know how he succeeds. It's going to take if he actually does have a successful offense, it's going to really speak a lot to his talent because he's going to have to carry a lot on his shoulders. And we've seen people do that before. I mean, Deshaun Watson did it when when uh, he didn't have much else on the roster. He was able to carry that team. So is he Deshaun Watson? We haven't seen it yet. Maybe he is. But I think it's a better chance that they're they're bad. And that's a team where I have it. I took under six and a half where I think you want to play the alt line because um, I gave out under five and a half on the sports line show. At plus, hey, hey, and I by, and by the way, like Deshaun Watson uh, played 16, the last full season he played 2020, he played 16 games, led the league in passing yards and the Texans won four games. So like he could even like you could even have a monster year from fields and like the Bears could still win four games like that's not out of, yeah, that's not right. out of the realm of possibility. And then defensively, they're, you know, they're star players making waves about wanting to leave. If that happens, their defense, they already lost a lot of talent. You know, it's just compl- it's even more of a downgrade for them. So I just don't know where the positivity is going to come from. I think under five and a half, a plus 140, I believe you can still get as a good play on the alt line. I think if you can find um, situations where you can bet them to have the worst record, you know, get the number one pick, that's probably a good thing to do too at, at the 10 to one, eight to one range, whatever you can find. And then Atlanta, yeah, I'm also a little bit more, more, I'm not as strong on this play, A, because I don't get the half numbers. It's right on five, so I think it could be a push, and I don't like playing those pushes. I, I want If I'm going in on a four-month bet, I want to be able to get paid out at the end. Um, yep. But, you know, Marcus Mariota also being a very solid quarterback, a veteran, maybe he carries them to a couple wins more than they should have. But aside from that, I mean, it's not a very good roster. Um, not a lot, not good pass catchers. They have to figure that out there. Defense, they have a couple solid players on defense. A.J. Terrell really emerging as a, as a quality cornerback, but still a long way to go on that defense to rebuild. So um, I think they're in year two of a very long rebuild. And, um, you know, hopefully for this bet, we'll see some Desmond Ritter in the second half and, and, and it'll help oh, us. If they're three and eight, it'll help us lose the last five, six games, whatever, you know, and, and we, we catch that ticket. I, I think, the, I think that's the Falcons and bears are first. The only issue by the way, is that they, I think they play each other, which is, I th- I th- oh, let me double check on that. Um, so you you do have to. I mean, although I guess that's technically one loss for one team, right? Like, um, well, hopefully sure. they'll tie. It'll be a six-six yeah. tie, and, and <laughs> neither one will get a win. <laughs> yeah, November twentieth. Um, oh, that's, oh, thank goodness that's not a, a primetime game. They put a Falcons Panthers game in primetime. Cool. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, I like. I, I think that's the first and second overall picks right there, Bears and Falcons. And I don't, you know, I know that. Um, the Bears took Justin Fields in the first round two years ago or last year, I guess. Um, and you know, the Falcons just took, you know, Desmond Ritter. But like these, those both those teams could easily reboot at quarterback. You know, like we saw, you saw what the, like you heard, you saw what Roquan Smith said about how the front office, the new front office and the new regime is treating him in terms of contract negotiations. And you saw how the front office acted this offseason as it related to getting Justin Fields help. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they're like, we just, Fields is not our guy and we're going to find somebody else after this year, if he, if he doesn't look great, we've seen teams reboot faster before. Um, some more uh, awards bets that you took really quickly, and then we'll get out of here. Um, yeah, Chris McCaffrey, comeback player of the year. 
Yeah, 11, 11 to 1 on these odds. Um, so I put two units on it. Typically, I wouldn't put that big a play on more of a long shot play here. But 11 to 1 when Derrick Henry is plus 375, plus 350, whatever you find him at as the favorite, just makes zero sense to me. Because you know with these awards, they're narrative awards. And the people who vote on them are playing into the narrative. If McCaffrey and Henry both stay healthy, play 17 games, McCaffrey's numbers are going to be very good. They were very good last year before he got hurt. Um, and, you know, in fantasy, people are taking him over Henry for the most part. So we, we expect that if he stays healthy, he's going to be very, very good. When you look at the narrative in this award, Derrick Henry coming back and winning the award, it'd be a, a you know, comeback, great, good, good comeback story, missed the last eight games, um, whatever. McCaffrey's a double comeback story. He, he played, what, two games, three games the year before. So he's really coming back from two down years that lost due to injury. Um, so I think people would, would kind of exponentially put that in their minds to say that's more impressive to me. Um, so if Tennessee is also trending down in my mind, Carolina with Baker Mayfield could be a solid sneaky, sneaky team. I don't know if team performance is going to play too much into it with this award. I think it's really more statistical, but I think the stats are going to be there with McCaffrey. He also is two years younger than Henry, I believe um, 25 or 26 and Henry's like 28. So I don't see why, what's the, the thing in the market that's driving McCaffrey to be 11 to 1 and Henry to be three plus 350, except for that first eight games where McCaffrey was just ridiculous statistically. Um, and who knows if they can match that with the, how the offense is looking this year. Also, I mean, I'm trying to think. So McCaffrey last year, he goes injured and came, yeah, he came, he, he came back, but then he got injured again and he missed, you know, he, he hadn't been healthy since 2019. Like he, you know, he played all 16 games in 2019. He's played 10 games the last two years. If McCaffrey plays all 16 games, this award is a lock job or all 17 games, excuse me. This award is a lock job for him because of the persistent narrative of how many games he's missed. Henry came back and played in the playoffs last year. Like he already came back from injury. Like how, you can't win. I mean, I, I mean like McCaffrey came back and then got hurt again. So um, I will take, uh, I'll take McCaffrey. I, I, I mean, I think that's a good bet on McCaffrey. You also have a, um, Offensive and defensive rookie of the year bet and a coach of the year bet. Yeah, def- defense and offensive rookie of the year. I just, it was just a value play on these two. Um, and the situation when I saw and I put these bets in in late July, Carl Loftus at 25 to 1 to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, the Chiefs hadn't signed Dunlap at this point. So I was looking at that, that Chiefs depth right. chart and thinking, Karloft is going to play a lot because they don't have anybody really behind him to take these snaps. So if he's on the field a lot and he's not getting single, single, you know, singled up, or he's going to get a lot of single, um, you know, protection a lot because you got to worry about Frank Clark and Chris Jones on the other side. And on that line, I think it's just going to be free for him to get sacks, get tackles, rack up his numbers. So 25 to one, I, I certainly wouldn't make him the favorite. Like I'm talking about McCaffrey. I just figured that that was valuable in a very crowded field. Um, to have those numbers because I could see him getting double digit sacks this year just with the situation. Well, yeah, yeah. no, I I agree. I think that number, that's the one guy that hasn't been like hammered, but but like in terms of the edge rushers who actually has an opportunity. And then you actually have uh, your offensive rookie of the year and coach of the year from the same team. Uh, which yeah. people might recognize from right above your right shoulder, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Everybody knows I'm not a Bills homer. I'm typically pessimism, pessimistic with the Bills, and the, I would not play them to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't play their over. I think they're at the top of the market right now. And we've talked about the questions with Dayball leaving. What's that mean for the offense? A little bit too too much there. But if you are going to play the positive situation on them, these are two bets I like. Took James Cook at twenty five to one to win Rookie of the Year, um, not because I think he's the best running back in the class, but they treated him as one of the best running backs. They used a second round pick on him to me that speaks to them wanting to use him in the offense a lot more than people realize um, I think he could have a chance to take the starting job from Devin Singletary and just be the lead back at some point um, he wasn't that really in college but I do believe he has that ability in him um, just you know based on scouting reports and everything to be a lead back and I think the Bills could run more in the regular season this year um, Dayball's not there to, to, to basically you know get all the credit and do whatever he wants to do on offense because he's so good at it um, so I don't know that the offense is going to be as pass happy as usually is if McDermott is getting in people's ears saying we need to save some hits on Josh in the second half let's just run it you know we figure we're a playoff team let's kind of grind out more games um, I think that you could see running ba- the running back on that team be better than people expect um, over the last few years based on what we've seen with Josh Allen. So, I mean, I could see that guy having a Christian McCaffrey light season where he's catching the ball, he's running a little bit, gets to 10 touchdowns or so, and he's in the mix there. So that's why I took him. And then the McDermott thing on coach of the year, like – you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before. The the uh, the coach of the year, the for the last seven years, has been one of the two teams that had the number one seed. 
Mm. So it's like it's a team like Harbaugh's Ravens, those type of things that that these teams are just so good and they get the number one seed. You got to look at that guy as a coach of the year candidate. Well, there's some sites with McDermott. He's buried in the coach of the year. You know, he's one of the the lower odds teams. I took him at 30 to one. Um, I wouldn't play him yeah. at 18 to one, 15 to one, but at 30 to one, considering people expect the Bills are the best team, highest Super Bowl of futures, you know, highest win total in the AFC. Um, it just seems correlated that he would be a coach of the year candidate. So loved getting that bet in at 30 to one on him. Yeah. And I think too, with McDermott, um, you know, we talked about it. I did uh, Andy and the whales um, uh, pod. We did the award show, uh, the deep dive podcast. And we talked about this and like, you know, the problem with the, the, a lot of times it is the coach of the year is given to whichever coach most exceeds expectations. Um, so it's a little tough for the bills to, to get there, but I do think McDermott is a different case uh, because he's never won the award. Remember, he, he had an argument for it when he got the got to the playoffs his first year, but McVay got it because they were both first-year coaches. Um, he's a very well-respected head coach. This Bills team, it would be a surprise if they didn't win 13 or 14 games, right? I mean, you know, if, especially with the down division. So if you can, if you get, if, if they go, like, if they go, four, if they go 15 and two and are just clearly the best team in football and get the number one seed in the AFC, um, I, I agree with you. I think that McDermott will get a lot of love for this, uh, even though, you know, there could be another coach who ends up with, you know, exceeding their win total by by uh, a bigger margin uh, than the Bills, although that's three and a half games, so maybe maybe not. Um, I like it. Yeah, I was looking at guys like Dan Campbell. I wanted to play, you know, because I think the lines were going to be good, but he was 18 to one places I was seeing. Um, so guys like that, I can see. And Doug Peterson, same thing. He was 16, 18 to one. I would rather just take 30 to one at McDermott and, and hope that the number one seed thing plays out. All right, uh, that'll do it for the futures bets and the home field advantage. Unless there's something else that I missed, we covered them pretty well. I think. I love the uh, 49ers. Oh, um, did you th- did you look for a 49ers Ravens? Uh, Super Bowl matchup. That's got to be like, I don't know. No, I just, I just played Ravens to win the AFC and, and 49ers to win the Super Bowl. I thought those, there was value on both of those in those markets. Um, those were the best value teams. So that's kind of my way into that matchup. And if I get only half of that, because, you know, injuries happen, bad breaks happen, whatever, I'm still getting paid out pretty well. Yep. I dig it. All right. RJ White, follow him at RJ White one on Twitter. Make sure and subscribe to sportsline.com. You can do that. Uh, use promo code white, I guess. And uh, and that'll get you uh, something. A dollar in your first 30 days. Wow. A dollar for 30 days. Like you get all these futures and all the week one. That, like, that, that would loop in week one of the NFL. You're going to get all that for a dollar. So go to sportsline.com. And- use promo code white. Yes. And it's not just me. It's a lot of other great content. We have a soccer guy that are, his nailing is Serie A picks, just ridiculously up on Serie A. We have college football stuff from our guy, Emery Hunt, and, and just a bunch of other great experts there. Um, we do baseball parlays every day um, during the week. I mean, we just you got auto racing, you got golf, you got so much good stuff to, to, to cash in there. And it's only $10 a month for them, usually. And then that first promotional month, if you use my code, only a dollar to check out all that content. All right, sportsline.com, promo code white. RJ, as always, buddy, a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on for RJ. I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys later.